0: Tony Duchesne here and welcome to Drinks with Tony. Today my guest is Nick Cave from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Grinderman. He's also the co-author of Faith, Hope, and Carnage. On Tuesday, December 6th, I'm teaching a free creative writing workshop at the Los Feliz Public Library on Hillhurst and Franklin at 6 p.m., You don't need to register. Just show up to the library with your pen, paper, and brain. That is Tuesday, December 6th at 6 PM at the Los Feliz library. And if you need more information, go to LAPL.org and click event. And now this interview is from the deep archives of Drinks with Tony. I interviewed Nick Cave a few times, and this was interview number two. Uh, I started taping and stopped taping, so there's no real thread here. And I ended up using actually a lot of this interview for an article I wrote for The Believer uh, about Nick Cave. Now, let me set the stage here. So I interviewed Nick Cave on the phone before, two years before this in 2006, and I was surprised at how gracious he was. And I taped for Drinks with Tony and double dipped it for an article with the San Francisco Examiner. And this was for their first Grinder Man tour when they played the great American Music Hall and Slims. I went to both shows. I was at front at both. But at the Slims show, I was next to someone in the audience who kept yelling, Play Sonny's Burning! Play Sonny's Burning! which is an old birthday party song and the guy just wouldn't stop. And he was actually getting quite irritating. So Nick said, Hey, you want to hear birthday party? And he pointed at me. I said, sure. He said, what song? I said, deep in the woods. And he said, your beard's pathetic. And I mouthed, I love you. And he said, I love you too. I'm sure you're a nice person somewhere. So, Nick was totally pissed off at me at the show for something I didn't do. And the dude that was kept yelling, Sonny's burning, finally stopped yelling it. So I was punished for him. But hey, if Nick's going to talk to me, even if he's mad, I'll talk to Nick Cave. <laughs> it, was, it was kind of an honor. Um, so Man goes off the stage and then they come out to do an encore. And Nick points to me and he says, I'm sorry, these songs for you and i was like holy shit uh they must have told him backstage like dude you like yelled at the wrong guy anyway so thanks to them uh so standing there taking that verbal beating from nick (laughs) my idol and not moving and getting such a sweet dedication out of it and he didn't even know who i was because we had just talked on the phone for that tour Fast forward two years later, and the Bad Seeds are playing the Warfield. So this is 2008, and this is a tape from 2008 uh, at the Prescott Hotel in San Francisco where Nick and the band were staying. So the journalist, a journalist was before me, and I was led b- uh, to sit behind a divider of sorts while they were doing their interviews, so I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. And I was like... Oh my god nick cave is right on the other side of this divider i was i was freaking out but i tried to get my game face on you know the one where you're about to meet your idol spend time with him in person but it's but it's for quote journalism which i've gotten to do a lot of um and this was and this was when nick had a mustache uh so the girl before me the journalist she asked nick cave What is the significance of your mustache? Nick's answer was, next question. And I'm like, oh my God, now I got to deal with a mad Nick Cave. At least I'm getting it on tape, but I knew I was going to get a very irritated Nick Cave. But it's on tape and I got to talk to him. That's great. So her interview ends and Nick's tour manager says, Hey, Nick, you got one more interview with Tony. And Nick just yells. He's like, ah, fuck. I'm just like, I am going into hell right now. So I come up from behind the divider and he sees me and he sees that I have a mustache. So he yells to the journalist leaving. He says, excuse me, come back here. Then Nick puts his arm around me and the journalist comes back. Nick goes, Tony, tell her the significance of your mustache. Without missing a beat, I said. It shows a man has commitment. Right. That's exactly it. And then the tour manager said, okay, you got 20 minutes. And Nick said, this is my last interview. And he goes, yeah, he goes, don't worry. I got this taken care of. And we talked much longer than 20 minutes. Um, And then, yeah, so we sat down. He was admiring my rings. And I was like, do you want to trade? Because I like your rings, but both of my rings were from my grandfather. So... We just talked, and I turned on the recorder.
1: Uh, hi, I'm Nick Cave, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Yeah, i on the Drinks with Tony show! Yeah! Uh, no
2: one's got any money, and I'm sort of sitting there, and after I could see everyone's eyes, just sort of... <laughs> and uh, so we had to sort of sell them all. And, and... Huh.
0: Well, that's not a problem anymore, because, right? right? <laughs> No, I don't have
2: that problem now.
0: <laughs> cool. Hey, I um, "Hard on for Love" is back in your set. Yeah. How long has it been since the? Best? Did
2: you Did you hear us play that?
0: No, I was just looking at online at the set list of some. Uh,
2: oh, it's fucking an awesome version of that song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, yeah, I love
2: it. I mean, it's really. Uh, um. No, it's really powerful.
0: Yeah. I, um, when I was a little guy, I, um, I saw you at the Fillmore and I requested it, and you said, your R-set's taken care of. Did
2: I? Yeah, yeah. What did I say?
0: As I said, play Hard on for Love, and you said, R-set's taken care of. Oh, right. Then I <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out, um, it's not good to be the guy that yells all the song requests.
2: Oh, is it? I don't know, is it? Um, well, they can be good, as long as you know how to play them. Oh, right, right. If someone keeps yelling out songs that you don't know how to play, yeah. or you, or, you know, like you kind of, it's a little. Um, but um, it's good if someone yells out something and go, "Oh yeah, we can do that."
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Because oh yeah, because at the Grinder Man gig, I saw you had someone was yelling Sonny's Burning" right next to me. kept yelling for Sonny's Burning," and you thought it was me. I don't. Yeah. And so, and so um, you <laughs> you're like, your beard is pathetic. And I was like, oh, what "It was me. What it was me." And I, that's why I just
2: like, "I love you." And you're all okay. Like, <laughs> all <right. laughs> it was funny. Those
0: Grinder Man shows
2: were great. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was at both of those. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten real good now. Yeah. They, they were just. Uh, I mean, I love doing that tour. In fact, that that Grinder Man tour really uh, was strange. That because for a while I've been. Um, I don't know why, but finding coming to the States quite difficult. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have very, I, I had very mixed feelings about it. I don't know why, really. No, I can't remember, sort of think why, but doing the grinder man dates because because we don't um, I mean, we don't really make any money when we tour uh, America anyway, even with, with the bad seats. There's so many fucking people and it all costs so much. and. Um, but especially with grinderman, so we were suddenly uh, we were suddenly kind of where we were staying and uh, how we were getting around, and the whole sort of thing kind of dropped back to um, I guess how things used to be fifteen years ago, or something like that, in terms of what sort of hotels we stayed in and where, what areas of, of town we stayed in, and yeah. all of that sort of stuff and suddenly suddenly it was this feeling of being kind of reunited with a, a aspect of America that I think the bad seeds had lost touch with because, um, and it was really exciting, you know, as it's actually uh, my, I guess my perception of America was, was very much becoming, um, you know, there's certain areas in each, town that all look exactly the same right, right you know and they're just sort of corporate controlled areas of town you know where and they could be anywhere and i guess my perception of of the way america was that it was all just melting m- kind of melting into this one great corporate kind of uh thing that happens on every high street in every city in the world yeah,
1: yeah.
2: and so it was ve- it was really exciting to do that to do that very short tour because um we were just sort of dumped in in the kind of the real areas of ba- back in the real areas of of, of these cities and it's like oh fuck that's right that's what America's actually like and it was it was just uh, on so many levels for me it was it was really exciting to come back to do that tour and it feels very much like that with this Bad Seeds one as well so um so I mean you just it, it just it's not that that it just the, the more money you make uh, everything just starts going up. You don't even oh, notice right, it. You start staying in better hotels. You start right. get, you know the cars get better that drive you to the gig. You know everything just starts to kind of without without even kind of without you even realizing it in a way. Huh. And in in some kind of way, um, you know, and that changes your perception of 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 the country. So I, anyway, I've, I'm fucking having a ball.
0: So, um, was there a possibility if you didn't do those few dates of the Grinderman uh, show that the Bad Seeds may not have toured the U.S. on this tour? Um,
2: I was certainly adamant that I wanted to come back. To oh, okay. want, you know, I wanted yeah, to yeah. do the tour with, with the. I wanted to tour with the Bad Seeds and do a, a decent yeah, yeah. tour. You know,
0: yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, it's been um, a while.
2: It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. but you know, there's there's so there's so much. On for us mm. in so many different for me as well in so many different areas at the moment. Right. There's just no fucking time. Yeah. And when um you know, it's just you know there's just other things, other things. And and this this with this record one of the first things I said was right if we're going to make this new Bad Seeds record, I want to you know let's I want to do a decent American tour so because it's, Money, you know, the things where the money is—that's just where, you know, the things navigate towards. Right, right. You can't. You, you have. Um, you don't have much control over that all the time.
0: Yeah, and the dollar is very weak.
2: <laughs> but uh, um, it's an insane, kind of yeah. place, America.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I don't get out of San <laughs> I mean, Francisco too much. But, I mean, you know,
2: on, on, I mean, it's just great. It's yeah. just, it's actually, you know, there's an energy that exists here that still exists here that just doesn't really uh, happen anywhere else that I know of. I mean, any any English speak. I'm talking about, you know, there's certain... But, like, in England and stuff like that, it's, it's just... Nothing going on at all, as far as I can see. In terms of just on the street, there's nothing. It's just kind of ugly and kind of violent. And, yeah. Um, but and kind of exhausted. It's it's sort of exhausted.
0: And the difference in America. There, there we, is. Uh,
2: there, I mean, as fucked up as it is. Yeah. You know, it's the, 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 there's something going on. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like good to be out you know it's good to be out Are we
1: going
0: to
2: to or I um, mind you it's only the third day of the
0: tour so so you're, s- so you're in still two weeks yeah, yeah. Like, get me out of this fucking place <laughs> you're in honeymoon phase right <laughs> yeah, now yeah, with exactly. us <laughs> um, oh is Blix in town is he gonna be uh, well
2: he's he's uh, he's in town yeah oh okay
0: cool. I don't know if he's gonna come to the show yeah we're seeing him on the weekend Oh cool! I loved when he came out and did a Weeping Song at the Grand Record Music Hall. He was pretty trashed. <laughs> well, yeah, I should hope so. <laughs> um. Oh. Um. Did we talk about this? How the Grinder Man live sets really seem to have um, given some inspiration to the Bad Seeds uh, way? I we you talked about that touring wise, but live? Do you feel like it's um? Yeah it's crossed yeah I
2: kind of yeah I mean I I play guitar um, I don't know in a five or six bad seed songs or something like that yeah Um, just because it's sort of uh, it takes it takes the thing away from uh, it just it just involves me in the the band to be able to do that I, I don't do it in every song but Right. Um, in, a, in, a, in a way that, that, that I felt for a while that I wasn't involved in the band. You know, being a front man, being a singer out there, you, you can kind of lose contact with the music in some kind of way. It's uh-huh. possible, you know.
0: And it's more vulnerable, too, to be the front.
2: Well, you know, you don't actually have any control. You yeah, don't really have much control if you don't have an instrument uh-huh. with a guitar you have an en- enormous amount of control yeah. over the over the the trajectory of the song you know yeah, yeah. um and and as, as a singer too but, uh, anyway i like her playing the guitars like
1: uh-huh.
0: i can't <laughs> be just as loud as you you <laughs> bunch of cunts oh <laughs> So now it's turn me up. Why do you keep turning <laughs> me down for? Um, and you and the soundtracks that you're doing are, is the soundtrack for the road? Is that uh? Yeah,
2: that's pretty much done. Uh huh. Yeah, we heard today actually that that kind of got through. They they all saw that and everyone's very pleased with it. I mean the finances or whoever looks at the fucking film to give it the thumbs up gave it the thumbs up. So right. that's good. And, I mean, um, money-wise... Producers wise. or whoever does that. What's that? The, whoever looks at the movie to... The people in the... Yeah.
1: In
0: the, the
2: suits. <laughs> the suits gave it the thumbs up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait, and you, the
2: suits oh. can say, no, get someone else to do it or get Hans Zimmer to do it or get, you know, but...
0: But you still get Hans paid, him. even though if it gets dropped. Yeah, right? but
2: uh, you don't get paid that much. Oh, really? And... Uh, no it's a lot a lot, of, a lot goes into the, in, for us me and Warren a lot goes into those soundtracks I mean a lot of I um, know oh I would have hated that it's really beautiful this soundtrack so. cool
0: cool yeah because like the Proposition soundtrack there's um, yeah it's a, co- we've
2: come a long way since then yeah Yeah, we're yeah. getting real good at it now. but I love <laughs> the Proposition soundtrack yeah the Proposition soundtrack was yeah I, li- I like it too it's a it's um, all just, you know, it's all just working out how to do things, you know.
0: Yeah. How is the road? Did, did you see it's a, a rough Ruff, cut of it? Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. I mean, it's very moving. Yeah. And to pair you and, like, Cormac McCarthy story together, I think, is just, that's a no-brainer. Well,
2: I got uh, I got offered, Ridley Scott asked me to rewrite. He's got, he he owns um, Blood Meridian. Oh, Okay and he had a script for that and he sent it to me to read you know, it wasn't working to rewrite but I just sent that back saying that I didn't want to be the guy who fucked up Blood Meridian. <laughs> when, um, <laughs> you can be the director who fucks up Blood Meridian, but I don't, be the, the, I don't want to be the writer who does it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Is that exactly how you told
2: him? Yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> actually two. It's, you have to change that, that that story so much in order to make it a, a, a kind of palatable Hollywood film yeah. because it's just totally linear. It's yeah. just kind of violent. Right, right. And there's no trajectory. Or there's no kind of dramatic arc or anything like that. It's just like... Yeah. Um, and, and so many compromises would have been had to have been made to that story to make it a kind of pleasing film that I wasn't prepared to do that. Really.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you um? So you're really dipping into a lot of screenwriting these days, huh? Or
2: well, I get uh, I get asked, but I don't do it. I don't do most of it. Okay. I'm doing another. I'm doing uh, John Hillcoat's next film, though.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. Is that the one that's a comedy or something? No, 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 no. no.
2: We we. I wrote that. I've written that into a novel now.
0: Oh, that's going to be the novel. The yeah, I've
2: just got about five pages left. I was on.
0: You seriously have five pages left on your draft? Your first or or no, or is this, well,
2: this is, not really the, the first draft. draft? This is it. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh wow! That's the the, um,
2: the hero's dead. The you know. Bunny Munro. Yeah, I'm just doing the final. So yeah.
0: Wow! And wh- And I mean, where do you, where do you find time I, to?
2: Well, I was doing it, but now I'm I interrupt.
0: Yeah, yeah you <laughs> yeah. interrupted me on the final pages of this I'm the thing. asshole <laughs>
2: <laughs> tell your grandchildren
1: <laughs>
2: um, if you read it and like towards the fifth last page it takes a sort of nosedive <laughs> you can blame I can blame you yeah
0: it ends up being just, just angry at some <laughs> yeah, guy that's yeah. interviewing the character in the end
2: <laughs> um
0: Oh, um, I'm sorry. I interviewed uh, Urban Welsh yesterday, and he said to make sure I said hi to you because you guys have uh, mutual mates.
2: Probably have mutual mates. I don't. Have, I don't know if I've ever met him
0: actually. Yeah.
2: But I'm sure we have uh, mates that operate in the same circles.
0: Yeah, he's a rowdy one. He oh. Well, I'm going to try to hit, he has a, he's at a, he has a party at Edinburgh Castle, uh, the, a bar over here. Oh, yeah. On Saturday, so after the show on Saturday, I'm probably going to just shoot over there. Um, yeah. Death for, Bun- Death of Bunny Monroe. You, wow, you, you know, when I talked to you, I was on the, I talked to you on the phone for the Grinder uh, promo, and we talked, right. and we talked about, uh, novel writing, and, um. You said um, maybe in ten years I'll tackle it again. Yeah,
2: maybe. So I don't know what happened with that. I was just um, I've changed. You know, I'm on Penguin. Uh-huh. Penguin published the MBS yes, or the Angel twenty years ago. Yeah. And then I was I had a couple of I had a couple of weeks off or some you know there was something happened and I was uh-huh. just didn't have anything to do on a particular day. And I saw a copy of Andias or the Angel sitting there and I started to read it, which I haven't read in like 20 years, something like that. And it seemed all right. It just seemed, it just seemed to have these problems with the, with that book, that it was, it was never edited, you know, it was never, I never, I mean, I did sit down and edit it, but I, but with the publisher, but I never really sat down with a proper editor. And and knock that book I- into 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 shape. So it is this sort of sprawling kind of meandering sort of thing. Um, and I just thought that I might, uh, I f- I thought that I could read it onto onto I could edit it, and then read it onto um, you know I could do a sort of five box CD set yeah, or something, yeah. of re- and read that read it and do it, do it in a particular kind of way that made it. Um, more involve a uh, more involving thing I mean it just to me it seemed really good but it was just kind of had it was sort of f- faulty you mm-hmm. know, and so I rang up Penguin and said did they want to re, re uh, whatever you call it re? Um, let's have an let's edit it let's sort oh. of sit down and get someone in there and, and you know because it like the first 40 pages you don't know what the fuck's going on and, and stuff like that we could just sort of what should have been done wi- when we released it and um they were very excited about the prospect of doing that which they have now gone and done but as i was sort of saying a bit but i wanted to do the actual uh audio thing with canongate this other publishing company wow. and i rang up canongate and, because i love these people and I, and, and I said do you want to do that no very happy to do that um and as i sort of said that i said maybe i'll write uh write a book for you if you do that and they were like ah yeah we'd really like that and then um a couple of well, a week later I just thought fuck you know and then there, there was that the script the d- Bunny Munro's script that I'd written that hadn't gone anywhere for various reasons because John had come over to Hollywood to do the road right. and the road was this big film and the, the Bunny Munroes thing is this little English film that I'd, that, that I'd written for him. yeah, and so I just thought fuck it I'll write that into a novel and um and did i just sort of started immediately and kind of did that in the, the that's cool it's really good
0: yeah are you happy yeah. with
2: it yeah i think so <laughs>
0: yeah how, how many drafts did you have to go through well i've
2: only done i i, I basically wrote it on tour okay. we did the U- european tour mm-hmm. with bad seeds and i just sat in the bus and yeah wrote it by hand yeah and um now i'm just sort of putting it into the I got it's three in three parts and I got halfway through the third part when by the time we'd finished that the tour was three weeks or four weeks so I wrote it like a first draft kind of thing and now I've been putting it in a more careful way into the you know typing it Uh up whatever you do put it into the computer but I've been real careful about it so I don't see it as a I mean I'll have to sit down with an editor next and kind of uh, move things around slightly but as far as I'm concerned it's not um, it's there you know.
0: yeah. Do you know who the editor is going to be yet? Well it's a guy from Cannon Gate yeah. okay. And do you know his work from other novels? Or? Um. Oh no I don't know which ones he's done really uh-huh.
2: but he's a good, he's a clever dude Yeah Um. um. But it's been really I've been, you know, I just gone crazy with it it's, it's um, just been really exciting writing it because I haven't written anything you know for a while I haven't written any extended prose yeah, yeah, fiction I haven't written uh, real fiction for 20 years so um, apart from the film scripts right. you know the screenplays right like. right which um, and it's so much fun writing fiction because yeah. you can just do whatever you fucking like yeah no one's telling you you don't know you just uh, within within a novel the novel you have enormous amount of freedom within a novel that you don't have like when you're making a record let's say right like there are certain uh, places in songs you just you just can't go it just doesn't really work um i mean i've always tried to go to different places within songs lyrically but uh, there's, there's a point where, where it, you can't really go any further, and part of that's because it's got to be condensed into something that's four minutes long or whatever. Right. And narrative stuff often is difficult within songs because people just don't want to have to listen to a song and hear a fucking story all the time. They just want to get their rocks off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you just suddenly there's just this incredible freedom when you're actually writing fiction to do to do whatever you like. and it is. Violent as you like, or yeah, pornographic yeah. as you like, or yeah. um, so.
0: Violence and porn uh, make their way into this yeah. one. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Did you have to do a lot of research on that on the porn yeah. porn aspect? <laughs> I have done
2: it. I have done my year. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I've okay.
1: yeah.
2: had, <laughs> um, No, this it's it's. it's Um, I, it's it, it, it we're tossing up whether to call it sex maniac okay. or the death of bunny Man Man, or the death of a sex maniac or something like that. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's, it is, uh, it is about a guy who is incapable of seeing life in any other ways than his own, uh, through the kind of poverty of his imagination and the, which is sexual in every, uh, way. I mean, can't look at a fucking cloud
0: or something without thinking. Does he have the No Pussy Blues, or...? Uh,
2: well, he thinks he's rather good. Oh, okay. He thinks he's quite... But you find out as the book progresses that he's just... He's, he's, he's insane <laughs> on every level. <laughs> um, anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure writing him. Yeah,
0: yeah, What about... um? I mean, you've been touring so many years with, uh, like, you know, Mick Harvey and, you know, all the, a lot of the same guys. What, what, what does it feel like being on the road with them as compared to, like, being on the road when you guys were, tw- you know, 20 years ago? Or um, does it still feel like you're a kid? Or, yeah? Well, I don't,
2: I don't, I don't sort of lose my luggage quite as often. Okay. <laughs> um... Having said that, uh, I, yeah. Well, I was thinking because I, l- I left um, in a hurry from L.A. and left half my clothes behind in the hotel, and so um, and that doesn't usually ha- that doesn't happen o- that doesn't happen that often anymore. And, and I was just uh, rem- rem- remembering with Tom how often it used to happen yeah you know all the time there was always some fucking disaster like major disaster going on that someone had to sort out um it doesn't that didn't seem to be the case that much but today it was (laughs) well i mean it's it's different to it's different
0: to it yeah we're older yeah um need a little more time in the morning to get up shake it out well it's not
2: that it's just you don't have to um, spend the, you, know, the t- you know you don't have to be taking people to the hospital and you don't have to be giving people mouth to mouth resuscitation and you don't have to be you know things are kind of things are easier in that respect wow you know yeah when somebody doesn't answer the door in the morning it's you usually just have to knock a little bit hard, harder rather than ring the ambulance. Do you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> things have things have changed a changed a bit. And and then and they still make it on stage for the night or more or less. Yeah, even in uh, what? trying to get them out of comatose state, mouth to mouth resuscitation on.
1: Oh, we were. How done. often was that? Oh, a lot. <laughs> really? A lot. Yeah.
0: How did you make it through? Um.
2: How did we live? do you mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, you can always bring someone back yeah yeah
0: and you and you probably have um, what, are the, what do they call that the the certificate to bring someone back if you were walking by a pool and saw someone well, I've
2: been very very good at that yeah, yeah. practice at that yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> just you're doing it all uh, wrong yeah yeah just don't tell the parents <laughs> exactly where you're at well, um anyway Oh, uh, what, what writers are you digging right now?
2: Well, the, I'm just reading, right now I'm reading the new James Lee Burke novel. Yeah? You know him, right? Uh, it doesn't ring a bell. He's American. Oh, well, <laughs> what's the title? Uh, what is the title Swan River? No, not Swan River. I don't know. Something like that. Okay, I'll, ch- I'll check he's, it out. Uh, he's a crime writer and he's re- he's written I, I've probably read more pages of J- James Lee Burke than any other writer in my you know I know, simply because he um, his books are so addictive and he's written so many of them and they're, they're uh, all very similar to each other, but um, incredibly sort of satisfying on so many levels when one comes out of something. Yeah. You put things on hold for a while.
0: Cool, I'll have to check them out.
2: James Lee Burke.
0: I got it on the tape, so that's good. Hopefully, I do. So Um. And what's um what's life like in uh, Brighton and working and creating? It's good. Yeah.
2: It's, um, I have um. Yeah, I just get left alone. Yeah. That's the good thing about it for me. Yeah. Um, and I have this kind of bolt hole that I go to.
1: Um,
2: and lock myself away in it and just work away at things. Huh. And no one bothers me. And um, I can get a lot done. I can get the things that I want to do done. That's that's the purpose that it serves for me. Yeah. Um, I, I can do a lot more there than I can in, say, London, for example.
0: Because of the recognition factor? or That, and
2: there's always some other, you know, you're just available in London I'm available to do a whole lot of stuff that I'm not particularly interested in doing in oh, Brighton right. I'm just that much that bit further away that they can't say look can, you know I'm not, I'm not available in the same way hmm, to yeah. everyone Yeah. so um, I can't go to the opening of this thing or I can't have dinner with this person or I can't do, you know I'm just it's, you know I'm a, an hour away from, from you know, it's, do you understand what I mean oh yeah so yeah. I can get you know so I just can get a lot of work done
0: yeah that's yeah. cool um, and uh, oh yeah and uh, oh thanks for um, representing San Francisco and Dig Lazarus Dig I thought that All right, was
2: alright yeah cool. in a nice way in a fun yeah, way
0: yeah that was cool <laughs> um, have, you, have your spiritual beliefs changed um, over the years since you were young or?
2: since I was young yeah they always do yeah, yeah. always shifting around
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, get on I've got
2: another minute,
0: don't they?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, of course. Minute and a half. And he's got a truncheon
0: in his back. A minute and a half. So I'm, I have to make this. Um, no, that's
2: all right, Tom. Yeah, I okay. can. I'll sort
0: it out. <laughs> Um, oh, Bill I love that. The uh, I'm glad the Belmar dolls are opening for you guys out in the. They're East doing. Coast. The, are
2: they doing both shows? I
0: think they're doing two shows on the East Coast. Oh, on the right. yeah. Good. And Kid Congo Powers, his yeah. acting. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, we got a whole lot of different people.
0: Yeah. So tonight's only one opening opening act. Who is it tonight? Actually. Red Sparrows. Yeah, I think they, they did L.A. as well. Oh, oh
2: no, no, they did uh, San Diego. How were how they? I've been so. Yeah. We were a little late getting there to San Diego. Huh.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You, um, w- when you're in San Francisco, do you get recognized when you're in town? Or? Yeah. No, you know, oh, but I forget well, <laughs> Are you tired of people calling your mustache a 70s porn mustache? <laughs> Is that what they call it? Well, I keep seeing, it. that's what I keep seeing people refer well, to I it. I
2: always thought I'd sort of. I think I'm thinking, not chilling Mestrian yet. You
0: see, exactly,
1: yeah.
2: A ha- ha- hand A hand knit in the morning and Yeah. I understand. It's not really a seventies porn and stuff. No, yeah. They, no. They, they, they yeah. They droop. Right. Um, but uh, I don't care what people call me. They call me what they are.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, um and is the new Grinder Man album in the works?
2: Or? Yeah, that's the next thing we're gonna do. Um But I don't know, we gotta uh, we're not I don't think we're doing anything towards that this year, but who knows? We could. But yeah, that, that's next year is the year of Grinder Man.
0: Okay. And on the are gonna
2: make a new record and do a tour and all that sort of shit.
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. On the um, because I mean we only have
2: this one album, right? And you know when we tour it, we only you know, we only got these fucking you know it's ridiculous. We, we only have these whatever it is eleven songs. Yeah. We now have a we now have a couple of new ones, but um, because Vim Vendors asked for a couple of songs for uh, his new movie, oh okay, and um, I was uh, I said we'd do it if Grinder Man can write, Grinder Man can do it. So he's like, oh
0: right, whatever. on? Yeah, I interviewed he's a big him. fan. I think I interviewed him here. Did, did you too? Yeah. Because we cause we were talking about his film, then we started talking about um, Wings of Desire and the uh, yeah. the '80s Berlin. And that's when he's like, "Yeah, now we are talking." That's <laughs> Got off his film. Um The uh, the right the last Grinderman album, you kind of approached it where you guys just like went in there and banged out and did a lot of improv. Is it going to be kind of the same?
2: We don't know yet. We 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 don't want it to be like the new, you know, the last record. We want to be a different sort of a record and we have to work out where, what kind of a thing that that would be. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of ideas. Me and Warren have talked about it a lot, but things change. You know, you talk about making a kind of a record one month and then um, next month, you want to make a different sort of record. So who knows? Um, But it, it will be savage. But I'm just we're just wondering what kind of savage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So
2: because you know that Grinderman record, there's a lot of different sorts of things on that record. Yeah. You know, it, it, it has the uh, the appearance, I guess, of of, of of having. You know, you kind of think that it has a kind of a sound to it, but actually, the the w- when you look at the songs, they're they're all they're all quite different. Those songs from each other. I mm-hmm. mean, they could. Uh, Something like Electric Alice, for example, is a very different sort of a song than Love Bomb or something like that, you know. Right. And and it's they're all kind of pointing in different directions where the band could actually go, but we don't know that. We don't know about that sort of stuff yeah.
0: Are you, are you booked to go on David Letterman when you're in New York again? Do you uh, know? know? Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, because Letterman seems to always. Yeah, there's someone in
2: Letterman. There's someone in Letterman who loves or something. Oh, yeah. is it okay? I, I reckon, yeah. yeah. But he yeah, I mean he seems to You know what chap been on we've been on Letterman more than any other T V show in, you know
0: Yeah.
2: anywhere else in the world.
0: What about Jonathan Ross? Have you ever gone him or have you been on we him? We have, yeah. Oh you have? Okay.
2: Twice. Oh. Both times. Uh, incredibly unpleasant experience. Really? Why was that? bad lighting yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: With, and plus you got to sit in the green room and kind of engage well there's the that yeah. yeah
2: which is just a kind of exercise in humiliation <laughs> really, no matter how you look at it yeah I mean it's designed to be that way yeah it? that's what he does that's his shtick isn't it humiliation
0: yeah 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 he is he, he, he is like kind of biting in his, uh, well
2: you know he uh, know. he's he's uh, he's that's his thing
0: yeah cracks me out. well I think um,
2: he's a very funny guy
0: yeah oh yeah no I, I we don't get him here but I download it off the internet when he's doing his shows especially he's
2: very he's very funny uh, stand up you know if he's if he's like emceeing uh, something or uh, right you know he, he, he's, re, he's genuinely laugh out loud funny yeah but I find his interviews uh, sometimes just kind of
0: Sometimes he's a little stupid. Where he's like, kind of stupid. Yeah.
2: And they're they under they seem under researched and sort of I don't know. Yeah. You know, if you came on, he'd just say he'd start talking about this. He'd, about your hat, oh, right, he'd talk right, your Oh right, stash, right, right. he He'd yeah, yeah, do You know, make like, a and
0: look at my underwear. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. There'd <laughs> be yeah. this
2: whole, be whole thing, and you kind of. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Cool. You got they, enough yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I
0: got enough. Thanks a lot, Nick. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'm gonna go and finish my book. Yeah. I'll uh, see you tonight. Yeah. Nick cave on drinks with Tony. Check out his new book, faith, hope and carnage co-written with Sean Hagan. But I used an old interview from the dig Lazarus dig tour. So none of that interview was about the book, but he's got a book out those damn vacuums. Oh my God. But I didn't care. I was talking to Nick. The recorder was on. And did you see how I tied in the whole thing with the book? Yes, we keep drinks with Tony to authors only these days. It just so happens that Nick Cave um, has a pretty amazing book out. Also, speaking of books on Nick Cave, check out Mark Mordu's book called Boy on Fire. Uh, It's the best biography on Nick Cave I've read so far. Thanks for indulging me with the Nick Cave interview from 14 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. Anyway, next week on the show, we have Allison Landa. She's the author of Bearded Lady. And remember to join me for my free creative writing workshop at the Los Feliz Library at 6 p.m. on December 6th. That's a Tuesday. Go to lapl.org for more information or just show up to the library. Thanks for listening. Keep reading. Keep writing. Keep weaving the plot twist of your life and imagination. I'll see you next week.
1: Frost, she at the cherry we hot.